Welcome to the Joshua Project Podcast with friends. Man, I've been trying to get my buddy Jeremy Weinmeister on here, and today's the day. We got you. <laughs> That's right, you did. <laughs> I'm a tough one to track down. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, you're a busy guy, which uh, could be a good thing, but uh, a lot of a lot of people outside of Montana probably don't know about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I well, I. Grow, grow up here in Montana. I uh, was actually born in North Dakota, but uh, my parents were pastors and they also uh, took care of foster kids. So for me, I had a lot of foster kids come through the house. It was roughly around 260 that came through the house in 18 years and wow. a lot of different that, a lot of <clears throat> um, just, you know, you learn a lot in the middle of that. And so I uh, learned a lot about myself and uh, I'm a country boy, probably at heart. I grew up on a ranch with horses, uh, trained them. I actually have FFA titles. Uh, some people are like, what is, what is FFA? Future Farmers of America. For <laughs> <laughs> horse training and dog training. And so I can take horses and uh, I love to train them. It's actually like a release for me uh, because I love just to work with them and uh, see what God just does in those situations. And so, yeah, I grew up on a, you still there? Yeah. Okay, my my phone has like a weird call coming in, and so I was like, uh, "Just give me a second, okay? It'll probably go off." Can you still see me? Even um, I can't see you, but I can hear you. Um, okay. So I, I imagine that you actually rode a horse to school. I did. I did. I rode a horse to school when I was a uh, a young kid, and um, uh, so yeah. Let's see the there we are. <laughs> Somebody was trying to call me real quick. Uh, yeah, I rode a horse to, to school when I was a kid and uh, went to a one room schoolhouse, uh, K through eighth grade. There was 20, I think 23 of us in the school. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, just just differences, man. We, for track meets, we had hay bale races. So hay bale, you go jump the hay bales, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> That's Straight how we rolled. Montana. Straight up Montana, man. After that, I left Montana. After graduating from Absorkey, I left Montana for about 14 years and went all over, lived in Seattle to Mississippi to Illinois, California. I mean, just all over the place. And so played minor league baseball for a long time. Had a huge heart for myself. Just wanted to make the major leagues. For me, I just wanted to make uh, good money so I could just travel to churches and inspire people. And uh, that was my goal uh, in the you know, middle of that. We'll get to the story about how we met in a minute, but when, when I first talked to you on the phone, this is what I pictured. I pictured, for some reason, I pictured you as tall and skinny um, and kind of nerdy. Um, but, dude, the truth is, dude, you're a big old boy, man. When, uh, when we finally did meet face-to-face, I was like, oh, I'm going to be the little midget in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I could see how you were playing minor league baseball. Yeah. I mean, I think you could easily probably played linebacker as well. Uh, Well, I actually do because I play semi-pro football right now. And so they have me playing linebacker in the end. So uh, God challenged me at 40. He said, hey, go play some football. And I was like, man, that sounds crazy. So uh, I did. um, And it was kind of cool because when God challenges you to do something, you get scared in the middle of it. But there's also some types of redemptions that come in the middle of that. Because I didn't play football in high school. I allowed coaches and I allowed people to kind of determine how I would do things in life. And I didn't play. I played in college. Um, but it was like God redeeming some things and redeeming the time for me. 
Um, that's how I feel like this year has been for me is God's just, it's like a year of redemption. Uh, you ever just, I think we always want things just to, uh, you want things to come and you want things to just, just happen in life. Um, and I feel like God is just redeeming the times that possibly were, uh, that were lost in my life. Um, and he's just moving along in those ways. And it's kind of interesting of what he's doing in the middle of that and dreams that are coming about and things that are, are coming full circle. And uh, if I can say anything, just in this, as we just get, you get to know me, you're kind of uh, in this moment, that God redeem what he can redeem in a moment. You think will take 70 to 80, to 90 years, or maybe you're getting older. Like I said, I turned 40, I'm 42 now. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, how am I going to be able to achieve the things that I want to achieve when I feel like I'm getting older, but God can do it in a moment like a moment's notice and all of a sudden it's just boom, you're right there. And so just, you just got to trust him, trust the process, trust what he does, trust what he's doing. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I just, I really felt like that we went off on a tangent and got to know me for a second. So then I just went off on redeeming. And so I guess that comes from uh, my story too. Uh, for my life, like I said, I have two boys. Uh, I was married for 14 years and then all of a sudden uh, we went through a, a divorce and it just absolutely crushed me. Um, I didn't do anything to help in the middle of that divorce. I didn't fight in that process. And I was probably like falling apart before that. And I've really noticed that out over the years because it's been six years ago, um, tore my kids lives and stuff like that. I ended up uh, for six months. I mean, I didn't even tell my parents I was divorced for two months. Um, because yeah. the that was on the inside of me, uh, a lot of my friends left me, people just kind of just left on the side. And so in that whole entire time, um, I ended up, uh, but they live what they call, I, I like to say it, call it sex, drugs, and rock and roll, because it's easier to say like that. You live like you're a band in the eighties. Uh, and then in the middle of that, I, I remember when I told my dad that, Hey, you know, I'm, I went through this and my dad all of a sudden every day, he just started calling me and just would say, Hey, I love you. And I'm proud of you. That's all he ever said to me. I love you. And I'm proud of you. I love you. And I'm proud of you. He just kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it. Uh, and the more you say it, eventually somebody's going to believe it. Uh, and I started to believe that, you know, somebody loved me and was proud of me. And I remember waking up in a house, didn't know how I got there. Didn't even, I had no idea, man. I was like, I have no idea uh, where, how I got there or where that's at. And I just remember started walking, of course, big tall cowboy calls me. If you ever saw my dad, we look a lot alike because he's a, he's a big tall cowboy. And then, um, I dress in skinny jeans every once in a while. And so, uh, there's no way you're getting your thighs in a skinny jean. <laughs> I don't think skinny. I even want to picture that in my mind. <laughs> I want skinny ear jeans, skinny ear jeans. Um, skinny ear. <laughs> and so, uh, it, in that whole entire thing, like he called me and I was just like, I could just feel God saying, and I love you and I'm proud of you. And I was like, man, how could you be proud of me? But if we even think, uh, about even like, uh, what Jesus did for Peter, how could Peter feel like that Jesus was proud of him? But who's the one person that Jesus asked for? And he said, go get the disciples and Peter, like specifically by name, he called him because that's how important Peter was. The rest are important too, but Peter needed to know at that moment that he was so important because of the failure that he had, because he was so adamant of like, 
boom, I won't fail you. I won't do this and I won't do that. And I just, you learn life lessons through that. So life just kind of can hit and just hit you on the side. And so I started a process of just rebuilding my life, you know, just step by step, step by step. And so um, I was homeless for three months, lived in a van, not down by the river, but you know, it sounds pretty good because you can bring old Tommy boy back. <laughs> that skit is funny. That's Anybody who knows me knows about that skit. <laughs> That's, I'm telling you, you should just, every once in a while, you should just throw those funny skits up there. Because Chris Farley, Christina Applegate, and David Spade. Come on. My goodness gracious. So, yeah, like, uh, and so, yeah, I was living in there, and then God just continued to process and uh, move things through my life and um, went through different jobs, different places, and eventually I started my ministry. Uh, it's called Converge, everything called Be Legit in the middle of that, Be Loving Everyone Gracefully in Transformation. And so the goal of it is to help people take their reason into the routine of life. How do you take Jesus into your routine? How do you take it into your places of influence? I love your tagline. Uh, you have a YouTube. You can check it out right here. I don't, I don't know how to put that banner up there, but he has a YouTube. Go to it. Subscribe. You have a tagline, though. What is your tagline? Because I want you to share it because I absolutely love it. My tagline? Yeah. Oh, proud of you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I say a lot of times, I say, love you, proud of you. If you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Snappy Chat, uh, Tiki Talk, take your pick. You'll get my video either way. Um, uh, and so everything I'll say on there, I'll be like, I love you. I'm proud of you. Because uh, I am. I, I'm proud of because you are God's creation, no matter who you are. Yeah. You are God's creation. God created you. And so how could you not be proud of God's creation and what he did? Uh, we all do things that, are, that we're not proud of. but that's the part of the growing process that we do in life. It's not, it's, it's just a gradual thing as we continue to go. And so, yeah, I, I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. Uh, I say, stay amazing every once in a while. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Hey, look, the truth is we do need to hear that even as grown adults. Hey, I'm proud of you. Um, yeah. you know, I'm 48 and I spoke to my dad on the phone the other day and, and we, we never talk. We don't have a relationship like that. But uh, we've had conversations throughout the years, and part of, part of my life of debauchery, my sex, drugs, and rock and roll was all because all I wanted to hear growing up from my dad was, hey, I'm, I'm proud of you. I love you. And I never heard that. And the other day when we spoke on the phone, um, he said, hey, I love you. No, mm. I, I want you to know I really do love you. Man, he's told me that five times my entire life. And man, dude, you choked me up. It was like this awkward, long silence because I had a frog in my throat and I oh, couldn't man. say anything. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I wanted to tell him I love you too. Um, but man, that was so hard because we, we do, we yearn for that. And, and that is so good, man. Despite what we've gone through in life, man, you got to know every day your father wakes up, your father in heaven, and he looks down and he says, I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. So true, man. He is. He's, he loves you, man. Uh, even in Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. I mean, it's how powerful is that verse uh, even in that? And it says we are made in God's image. He didn't make trees. He didn't make anything else in his image. He made us in his image. And that's, that's how powerful it is. Even if you go through the Old Testament of all those things of, of 
even Abraham, where he was in Sodom and Gomorrah, he's like, if there's even just one, you know, a couple in here, we spare the city. And God's like, I'll spare even if it's a couple, because he does love and he does care uh, for people in general. And he, he even, I even think about even what he did for Pharaoh, even in going through the Ten Commandments, not Ten Commandments, the Ten <laughs> with the plagues. There we go. Ten Commandments, my goodness. Going through the plagues. Yeah. Um, going through the plagues. I mean, how much does he actually care for somebody? He just wiped him out just like that and said, forget it. But he, he gives us, gives people chances and gives people opportunities because he loves his creation uh, no matter what it is. I love Ephesians 1 uh, where it says that God sees us as holy and blameless. Mm. And man, my desire for Christians is that they would truly know that. Um, yeah. I just watched this movie called I'm Not Ashamed. It's uh, Rachel Joy Scott's story. She was one of the first people shot at Columbine. Oh, and yeah. She really struggled with her faith and standing up for her faith um, in high school. But she has this quote, I'm see if I can get it right now, that all it takes is the courage of one person to show an act of kindness, and that can spark a chain reaction. Yeah, man, I think like, honestly, man, if like Christians really saw themselves as holy and blameless in your sinful state, covered by the blood of Jesus, uh, regardless of what you did yesterday, starting today forward, you are holy and blameless. That is how God sees you. He doesn't see you as just a sinner saved by grace. He sees you as saved by grace, holy and blameless. I think we really could make a difference in this world. And don't we need that in the world right now? (laughs) <laughs> we do we do it becomes so negative um on both sides i mean there's there's faults on either side of the whole thing and us as christians uh we know jesus we we read the gospels and we, we read the different things and we put preconceived judgments of how we want certain things we all have different convictions that we all go through but your conviction of how you're going through is different from my conviction and in between there, the biggest thing that we got to remember is that Jesus died on the cross for us and he loves us. Um, Amen to that. So <laughs> some of the other stuff, you know, is probably not even like really worth it. And Jesus, if you read through the gospels and actually just really listen to it, what did Jesus do the whole time? He broke down every single thing that they were trying to think was so important. Always was breaking it down. Right. You know, I mean, just every single moment in life, he's still continuing just to break down the barriers. He goes to the woman at the well he's breaking down the barrier. I mean, these are Samaritan women, like Samaritan people. And they're like, why are you coming around us? And it was a woman even take the, take the fact. And so Jesus like is breaking down all these different barriers of what it means to follow him. And he, and all those guys, even those disciples, they all had their different perceived things of what it was supposed to look like and how it was supposed to be and who was supposed to be the one and uh, how they thought Jesus should come in. And Jesus like, no, I'm coming this way through love and compassion. He goes to Zacchaeus's house. I mean, Zacchaeus was tax collector for so incredibly horrible. I mean, unbelievable. If you think about the person that you do, you despise the most and whatever is just happening in life. Uh, no matter what side of the fences you're on or politically or anything like that. Like you just think of that, like it pops in your mind and you're like, boom, yes, I struggle with this person. Like you just, it hits you like that. That's what Zacchaeus was to all of them. I mean, just like that. And so if you, if you're having that, that's how it, that's how Zacchaeus was. And Jesus says, I'm going to go dine with you tonight. And so that's where they were like, why would you do that? Like, this guy is horrible, you know? <laughs> so, Have you paid attention at all to the Chosen series? Oh, I watch it. I watch the whole thing, man. Dude, I, I love how Zacchaeus is portrayed in that uh, miniseries. Uh, yeah. 
totally different than what I've envisioned in my own mind throughout the years of reading the Bible. But man, I, I got to say, man, it's probably spot on, you know, very oh. articulate, smart uh, man, maybe with autism. <laughs> and, yep. and, and yeah, the story is, man, Jesus goes and dines with one of the most notoriously hated people. And not only that, but it says that he went through a feast. Yep. And that's my Jesus. I love him. And that's, that's the awesome part, man, is like, yeah, it's so cool, like, what he did and just how to show that. And you might not agree, like, if somebody is watching, you know, they're watching this right now, and you might not agree with everything that the Chosen has, but I would say you should always look through things on it in somebody else's eyes. Um, we should always look through in somebody else's eyes. What are they thinking? What are, what are they going through in their environment that is so much different than what I am going through? Um, and I try and do that in everything. I had to really do that, especially in McDonald's, man. When you had people yelling at you over milkshakes, I was like, dude, like seriously, you're like freaking out, homie. I mean, you got a pickle on your sandwich and now you're going to throw a milkshake at me. I'm like, wow, there's some bigger issues going on. It's oh like, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what, what is going on today or what did they receive? You know, this was a little bit before cell phones i know some people are like no way you didn't have cell phones yeah that's right man we we didn't have cell phones we, <laughs> we didn't call somebody until we got to the stop and found a payphone. but you know just uh before a lot of those things but maybe they've received bad news in the morning or maybe they just woke up on the wrong side of the bed or maybe they've just never had anybody encourage them and if i can say anything go find somebody to encourage because then you're encouraged like go tell somebody you're proud of them and that's a hard thing to do and it's not easy um, I have a lot of people that kind of, um, that follow me, my kids or, uh, that come around me and, uh, they're like, man, you do it so easily. And I said, well, it's not so easy. It's just become easy because I've done it so much. That's right. Uh, and it's, it's not easy. It, it takes a moment of just walking through. Is it weird when you're walking through a, a grocery store line and then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, thanks for working today, man. Really proud of you. I mean, that's just, that's a weird statement to say. It's pretty easy for me to say now, but I can understand that first part, but I still walk into other places and I'm like, God's like, you need to say something to this person. I'm like, man, God, I just don't really want to say anything to this person right now. Like, yeah, you need to, you need to tell them, thank you so much for working. And I'm like, well, it just sounds so whatever. And it's become part of my, my lingo. Uh, and, and so, you know, some people will be like, well, what's the special day today? I said, I don't know. You're working. I guess that's a special day. I don't know. Thank you. I appreciate it because I'm able to get whatever I'm getting in that moment. Um, probably means a little bit more now than ever, but I've been doing this for three years. Uh, and so I got stories of people crying. I've got stories of grocery stores that are um, like fighting to have me come through their aisles. Uh, I can go through Starbucks and uh, now I don't go to Starbucks quite as much, uh, anymore. And, but I go through the drive through and they're all just like, no way. Hey, you know, and just, it's kind of interesting of how God opens up those different things. Yeah. And he, even like the Starbucks employees, the manager there, uh, she's into a lot of other things on the other sides, probably a little bit more earthy and, um, I'm trying to think of the right thing, yoga related, maybe psych cards, different things like that. But she comes and asks me like life questions about Jesus. Because you built a relationship. Yeah, I built a relationship. And we might not agree on everything, right. but she, why do you, 
why do you feel this way or uh, all those things and then the other thing that she'll tell me she'd be like thank you for never uh, looking at us bad because we work for a company that supports gays or whatever and stuff like that and I said um you still there yeah oh, okay sorry <laughs> my phone did something goofy but a company that supports and I don't I have a hard time saying this at times because uh, I don't want people to look at uh, whether you're struggling with this kind of sexual sin or this kind of sexual sin they're all the same types of thing and we're all everybody's trying to prove that this this is okay and this is okay when you boil down to it uh, those those sins are all the same in Jesus's eyes right uh, absolutely um, and so they're like they're like I'm so appreciate that she never like say anything bad about us and you're always supportive about, uh, about us and uh, our company believes this and I said I don't I'm not worried about those things of what your, your company thinks. I'm worried about you as a person. Um, because what if I change you? Well, like not what if I change you, but what if I inspire you and all of a sudden down the line, you become the CEO of Starbucks or something. Do you think that that could change a chain reaction down the line or a CEO of a different company? And so we don't know who that person is. And so when we're not, we're not going in because we don't believe what they are. All we're doing is saying is that human being that's working there trying to support their family is no good. And that's, that makes no sense to me. It's never made sense to me. So you're going to say that employee who is probably a lot of them there are working and actually Starbucks is paying their college. I mean, we're talking this, they're paying their college to get their bachelor's degree, whether it's in teaching, to business, to, there's a, a, like four different things. Yeah. But, but Starbucks is paying for it. And now they don't have debt and they're coming out being teachers and able to go inspire. So why wouldn't we want to go in in that moment? Or, you know, we post things so quickly just to throw stuff out there and just jump on these bandwagons. And, I'm very careful what I post. I mean, if you follow me, I probably, you just see my videos. That's all you really see. I don't put any political stuff. I don't say anything about it. Um, I don't care on either side of the fence. Uh, the one thing that I totally do believe in that I look into a candidate and I was like, do you, uh, I, I believe that there shouldn't be abortion. I think that's one of the hardest things that we just don't get. And I remember teaching in a school and they were like, talking about all these different things of, you know, I, this is when the coronavirus was starting up and the flus and all these things. And, and I said, do you know what the number one killer, the number one killer, it's not, it's not shootings in schools. It's not gun violence. The number one killer in America. And they were just mentioning all these things. I said, it's abortion. Hmm, yeah. And some of them are like, what? And I said, yeah, that's the number one killer billions a year. So if there's anything we can, we can fight, but I do know people that have had abortions too. And so I don't want to sit there and say that you're a bad person because that happened. I don't know what happened in your life and those decisions and all those different things. This one on a huge tangent right here, but uh, I really, you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, us as Christians, uh, I don't believe in abortion. I will always tell that, but I do believe in the person. I do believe in the person. Um, uh, and so I think it, I don't think it should be as easy. I really don't. It's really easy to do. Uh, and so anything we can fight, we can fight those things on uh, those things. And so that's just, that's my semi political rant, I guess. <laughs> I don't have very many, but I just want to love. 
I just yeah. want to love. Come on, man. That's what we're <laughs> here for. Love everybody all the time. I get so frustrated on the inside when it's, you know, I, I remember somebody telling me the other day, you should like stand up for these things and uh, you should stand up against gay rights and all these things. And I said, I stand up for the rights of human beings. Period. Period. That's all it is. I don't care if it's a black issue. I don't care if it's a purple issue. I don't care if it's a gay issue or if it's a drug issue or a gang. I don't care. You are made in the image of God. Whether you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, Lord and Savior or not, you're still yep. made in the image of God. Yes. My job is to love you. Simple. Yep. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not talking to the left and to the right. It's talking about your neighbor, the person who is right in front of you at any given moment of the day. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you talked about jumping on bandwagons. And I just don't have a need, a desire to justify anything in my life by jumping on the the current social um, justice issue. Because I'm always about those. I don't think people should be be killed um, by any means, even if it is a necessary means. I don't think that people should be killing one another, period. There's a way to solve conflict and disputes and differences. And it's not through killing one another. Yeah. People always stand up against that. Um, and, and I think, man, that we're just, we as a society as a whole are jumping to conclusions on things in an emotional state before mm-hmm. all the facts are out there. I mean, it's social media. So boom, boom, boom. Things are, I've recorded a 30 second video of, yeah. you know, a seven minute fight. And now all of a sudden I've made a judgment about you because you're on that video as, as the victim or the perpetrator. And I've judged you from a 30 second video that I'm not involved in because of my emotions without knowing the facts. And it's just, it's really causing a divide in this country, maybe even in the world. And and I wish that we weren't at that point, but Hey, um, I grew up listening to the beastie boys um, I could probably quote and sing along with just about every single lyric uh, from NWA's Out of Compton. I know I'm a white boy, but I probably could. Uh, grew up listening to the Fat Boys and Too Short. And so yeah. it's kind of like how we met. There was uh, a hip-hop show coming to Billings, which is where you're from. Is that correct? Yeah. Where you live. And I had just listened to Brian Trejo before I saw some of my friends post this on social media that he was coming to Billings. I was like, no way, man. Brian Trejo uh, comes out of gang life. His twin brother was murdered right in front of him. And now he raps and, and, and gospelitizes about Jesus Christ. And so I'm like, yep. man, I got to go to this thing. And a pastor friend put me in charge of the promoter, our friend Charity. And Charity was like, hey, man, you need to meet this guy. And I think she said the same thing to you. And I remember sitting in my driveway right here coming home one night, and we wrapped on the phone. And we're like, yeah, we got to get together. Yeah, for sure, man. That's when I met you was at that show. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a big old boy. (laughs) Not who I pictured in my mind. I'm a security guard. That's what I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a big dude. Oh, for sure. 
so that was a pretty cool introduction because you're you're working with well you're a substitute teacher is that correct yeah i substitute teach and then uh i also i travel to churches all over and i do school assemblies um and uh i've also started an online youth service to help rural churches that don't have youth pastors uh so i'm doing those uh once a week and i take a little bit of break in the summertime because uh, that's how i used to do youth ministry uh, and some people didn't really totally agree with it but my youth ministry did really really well because uh, summer is it's a different animal man i'm really focused on just getting to know kids one-on-one and different things like that and doing different stuff whether we had camps you know things are different this year but uh yeah so i i've done a lot of teaching been in the schools love teenagers and doing a lot of school assemblies. I mean, my school assembly, I talk about bullying, um, and I also talk about teen suicide. Uh, as I have, I was bullied uh, in high school, and uh, or even in uh, eighth grade, and he used to call me flounder and fat and all these different things. And that was part of the reasons that I didn't play football and basketball and all these other things. Like I said, I let other people determine who I was instead of me, myself, and I, you know, and who Jesus thought I was. And also in fifth grade, my best friend killed himself. Um, from being bullied at a school. And this wasn't at the country school. I went to another school in between that just because I wanted to go to a bigger school. Uh, but my best friend killed himself. And uh, so that's always been impactful that uh, I think about the words that we say and how, like I told you, even with those Starbucks employees or just different people you meet, the words that we can say can have so much impact. To say words, um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. Well, I can tell you this, I've been hit by sticks and stones and BB guns, and I don't remember them as much as the words that have always stuck in my mind. Yeah. So what we say can travel through life with yes. people. And what we do can travel through life with people. Those simple moments that can happen in that thing. And I remember my best friend, uh, at that point in time, I wish that I would have been there even more. And I said, after that, I said, I would never not be there for a friend. I will always encourage them on a daily basis, no matter what in way I can do. Even if I don't get encouraged, I'm going to encourage them. So begin a process in my life from that point on. And I share that in schools. And uh, um, I mean, the place I can, <laughs> weirdly enough, I could take a school of 800 kids that are just rowdy and you know how they can be loud and all these things. And I can make a, make a room just silence where you can hear a pin drop uh, just by those moments. And they'll tell me, they'll be like, don't preach about Jesus. And I, I can do that. I can not preach about Jesus, but they all know who it is. In fact, when I was substitute teaching, uh, the kids would um, come and ask me, they're like, do you follow something? Cause there's something different about you. Like, right. what is it? And I was like, yeah, there is, you know, there is, I have something in my life that is so special and so good. And I remember that the principal of the school that I was working at, he was like, he's like, if they ask you, you can always tell them that you follow Jesus. I have no problem with that. He yeah. goes, if they ask, he's like, I don't care. He's the, you know, we just don't pre, he goes, you don't, he goes, you don't have to preach it. They see it. Trust me. Every kid sees it. And that's they it right there, right? That's the old Francis Assisi, uh, always preach the gospel when necessary use words. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that, man. And you know, it's funny is I've, I've gotten beat up by Christians for quoting that. And I'm like, well, listen, first off, you're no Francis Assisi. Okay. Um, your first title isn't saint. Um, I'm going to go with this guy over your opinion, but yeah. those are great words, man, because 
our life. So we were talking about this earlier. You go to uh, the bank and the teller's just rude and short with you and you have a smile yeah. on your face and, 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 and you're just trying to, to be nice, you know, and, but what you didn't know is that she got a phone call on the way to work that her mom just died or yeah. that her husband's having an affair. You don't know yeah. that. And so those words that you choose to bring to that situation, they will bring life or death. And so our yeah. words are so important. And I think we could probably go another 90 minutes talking about <laughs> social justice issues in this world, talking about the current political climate, talking about self-righteous, pretentious Christians, talking about camps. Let's see, where else do we want to go, Jeremy? That's so funny. But as we wrap this up, and, and, and I realize that this is a loaded question, but as we wrap this up, you're a busy guy, man. You're, you're always on the run. You have your ministry. You have yeah. uh, f- football and, 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 and baseball and youth ministries. Tell us in this season, which has been different for all of us, yeah. give us a snapshot on what rest has looked like for you. What have you learned about rest and what have you learned to incorporate into your life during this time? You know, as this, uh, and to go to just a, a small backstory, uh, cause I'm still, um, here before we get too far real quick, let me grab a charger real quick. It'll be weird on your podcast and I'll have some yeah, more. That's how we roll on this podcast. <laughs> Play some little music in the background. People like it when I do my dances. So, um, I'm in my garage today. How cool is that? Um, Kids are on Zoom calls, finishing up last weeks of school. Um, oh, yeah. Look at that. Weather out. Look at that. He's back. <laughs> like you weren't even gone. No dead air. No dead air. So we were talking about rest uh, in that. And so let me just take a little bit back because I was substitute teaching. I'm traveling. I'm still building up as far as funds monthly for my ministry and what God is doing in the middle of all that. And so God told me back in November, he goes, I want you to apply for the census. And I was like, why God? That makes no sense. Like it didn't make sense. So I applied for the census and I, three days before they shut everything down, I wasn't able to travel to churches. I wasn't able to do school assemblies. I mean, I had nine school assemblies canceled. I was able to sub in schools. Three days before that, I got the job with the census as a manager. And so I was able to work the whole entire time. Isn't that crazy? Absolutely not. So good thing you listened, huh? Yeah, right. There's a there's a little lesson. When God tells you to do something, go ahead and do it. Because even though it sounds crazy and doesn't make sense that you don't see it in the future, God knows more than you do. Come on. Absolutely. So in that process, um, that so everything gets shut down, uh, all those things. And what I started to learn about rest, even for myself, I found myself that. Um, I learned that actually like this social distancing in some sense for me was also like relieving because I didn't have a ton of these pressures in order to live like a certain way. And so I am fairly steady and fairly busy. And I noticed that I was probably like doing, not necessarily doing too much, but I wasn't very smart in how I was doing it. Uh, in fact, like based work in the smart aspect of what you do in life. And so I learned that, uh, through all this, that I needed to allow myself to rest and realize that the situation that God was happening, he was taking the busyness of just 
normal busy stuff, like just going to a store because you're going to go to a store type of thing, like those kind of busyness and kind of took it away to where I found myself. And I do a pretty good job with my kids. Like I'm pretty good uh, about it, but I found that I even lacked even more family time. And when I started adding that family time a little bit more, I actually got more energy, which was crazy. That allowed me to do the things that I've been able to do on a constant basis. And it's giving me that types of energy in the middle of that. And so what God has taught me, he said, uh, I will give you rest in the middle of this whole entire season, but I'm going to take some things out of your life that you thought that you needed. And so as he took those things that I thought that I needed, um, whether it's the health club, um, whether it's the movie theaters, uh, whether it's just going to a sit down restaurant, uh, all those types of things that sometimes we think are like a way to do rest, but all of a sudden it becomes like really like you don't feel rest after you're there. Uh, and so he kind of took a lot of those things away and it's allowed me to have more balance and on the inside of my life that I'm feeling I'm actually more productive now than I ever was <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. But oh, I found my sense. I found myself taking things away from the outside and finding the most important. And when I found the most important was my kids as my family. And I put them, I put God here, my kids here and the rest kind of just comes down to here. I have more energy, uh, more wisdom, more uh, as far as like my speaking abilities and stuff like that. I find uh, messages for myself to be coming to life a lot more. And because I'm having this balance and I don't have those things in my head. And so that's how I found in the middle of that, like God was just resting my soul. And I felt so energized that a lot of that was taken away that I'm actually scared if it comes back. Like I'm legitimately worried of it coming back. Yeah. Um, and I worry about just for like, because I, in this process, and I know this was a loaded question and I'll finish it up, but in the process of all this, I saw more families taking walks. I saw more families being with each other. I saw more, uh, of those types of things than I'd ever seen in the past. Oh man, long time. I mean, not since it, not since I was a kid. Yeah. And so wherever you're at, no matter where you're at, allow God in this time. You might have felt like, oh, we're quarantined, we're, all this is taken away. But maybe we just needs to be taken away so you can find the value of other things that are so important that gives you more energy, um, gives you more abilities and those things. And it takes a lot of that less stress that happens in our daily life. And it's and crazy because so it doesn't really make sense, right? Because you're like, <laughs> but, but I have to add this now I have to I have to pray now or read my Bible now or or play a board game with my family but at the end of the day you're like that was actually rewarding watching three hours of football which I'm I'm yearning to do <laughs> I don't even like watching baseball on TV but I want to watch the Padres right now yeah. um, we realized like that that's really meaningless but like that board game even though I didn't want to play it at first after 45 minutes, like that was so much fun. And I'm glad I did that with my family. Oh, true. I found myself now watching less TV. Um, and I'm not trying to hammer on TV or anything like that, but I found it, a lot of things becoming boring uh, in that sense where this other stuff was giving me life. So it's been really fun for me because I feel like I went back to my childhood of where I found things were really exciting. 
because some things were taken away that I just, they were just luxuries there. Um, and God's putting a lot of balance into my life. And I have to allow that in my own life to allow balance. Yes. Um, and as we continue to grow through this process, yeah, and the thing that I've loved for the church, and I'm, you're a pastor, and this is, <laughs> I've been with my dad through this whole situation. Um, the one thing that I've noticed, and I know that you're working on your online things and stuff like that, is that we forgot that there is an online field out there. And this opened up the doors so much for that. Very like true. More, more than we ever would have like focused on, right? Yeah. And so as we come back into the church, uh, it allows us to reach a field that is out there that was untapped, that needed to be tapped in the middle of those whole entire things. And we might look at it, it's like, oh, well, now we have to sit separate rows and stuff like that. But there's some people that won't walk into a church if they know they're going to have to sit right next to somebody. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I've been saying this whole time, because um, the common theme is I can't wait to get back to normal. Uh, yeah. Whether that's church, whether that's movie theaters or sports, I can't wait to get back to normal. And I'm like, no, no, no. Look, man, normal wasn't working. It normal wasn't. got us to this position. Normal nope. got us to families being separated and now families are coming together. If, if we just go back to normal and fail to learn the lesson, then shame on us. Yeah. This is like... Yep. Uh, this is like a biblical story of God taking something away um, and, and giving the people an opportunity to come back to him. Yeah. And I'm by no means saying that God caused this, but God can use this. I will say that God can use this. Um, mm -hmm. But man, those are such wise words. Um, and I hope that like, as we finish up just listening to a podcast in our day that we would say, yeah, where's my rest? Where's my, yeah. I want to be like Jesus. I want to go take a nap right now. <laughs> take, take a nap on a boat in the middle of the storm. Yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. I love it. Dude, uh, well, just, hey, clearly, Jeremy, we can, uh, we have more to talk about. And so I look forward to having you back here um, on this podcast. Um, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because it'll just take us down another rabbit trail of conversation. But um, my little tagline that I like to say at the end of our podcast. I've stole it a little bit from you, so it might sound familiar. But thanks for tuning in, friends. Be well and love one another.